Yo, 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 what's up, people? Welcome to episode 15 of the one and only White Tiger Podcast. We all get one chance at life. What are you doing with yours? All failures and successes in life start with you. You steer your own ship, control your own thoughts, and choose how you react to things that occur. Everybody deals with challenges. It's how you handle them that makes the difference. Proper advice and real-world answers can be hard to come by. And that's where the White Tiger Podcast comes in. Host Craig Casaletto has seen and experienced things most people don't and shouldn't. 15 years in law enforcement taught him many life lessons, and he's here with a raw perspective on the professional and personal challenges life throws our way. This is the White Tiger Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 15 here of the White Tiger Podcast. It's another episode. It's another week. It's another new beginning. And I'm all about new beginnings because they're good. And guess what? They're new. So I was actually toying around the idea of actually doing a series of podcasts, kind of talking about like the tools of the trade. And what I mean by tools of the trade is it's kind of like I always felt like there was when you started something new, especially something professional, I kind of always felt you got like this imaginary or hypothetical tool belt, right? And as you gained experience, you kind of threw different tools in there, right? Like you'd have a hammer and a screwdriver and a drill and stuff like that. But obviously, you're not using a hammer for every situation. You're not using a screwdriver for every situation and so on and so forth. And I talked about it a lot in the last episode when I referred to music being a big part of your professional and personal success and how it could help you grow by changing your perspective on it. But using that as a tool, right? You could use music as a tool for growth. So I kind of put it to some thought of maybe doing like a series of these podcasts where each episode I'm kind of like expressing some of the tools that actually worked for me that are applicable to certain parts of your life. Music maybe being one of them. And I think today I'm going to talk about another one that's actually, believe it or not, works really damn well. And and another thing too, I want to preface this whole podcast by saying I was not a believer in this, but something happened to me that completely changed my mind. Actually, first it blew my mind and then it changed my mind. So I want you to consider this. I want you to consider thinking about the things that are most important to you in your life and thinking about the things that you want to achieve in your life. And I want you to kind of think about what it feels like and what it looks like to get there. And not just get there, but actually be there. Like visually seeing yourself doing what you want to do. So I'm sure I could come up with a million examples, but if I want to be the successful podcaster, I could see myself visualizing having a successful podcast. And to me, that means having maybe a long reach, getting it out to a lot of people, having people enjoy my content and so on and so forth. And obviously it means different things to different people. So for you or for it may be making a lot of money because that is a goal or being financially stable because that is a goal or being physically fit because that is a goal or being more peaceful because that is a goal and seeing yourself in that state of being peaceful or seeing yourself in that state of being financially stable, having money, driving the car of your dreams, living in the house of your dreams, being able to travel the way you want to without having to worry about finances and so on and so forth. So this process um, that I really kind of had 
to go through my own experience to really kind of put a belief into it is visualization. Now, just if you were to tell somebody, hey, listen, if you could visualize yourself doing whatever it is you want to do, you know, you'll attract those things to you and you'll achieve that goal or that place that you want to reach. I think for most people, and I was definitely one of those people, I had a hard time believing that. I'm just saying it just, it obviously just can't be easy enough or easy as me just thinking about, hey, I want to, you know, run a successful business or to to start a successful coaching practice or, you know, whatever it is, or, or a successful podcast. Like I can't just think about like me. All right. So if I think about it, it'll come to me. Like if I really put intentional thought into thinking about it, it'll come to me. And I just have a hard time believing that. So I think most of us can maybe share this experience. Have you ever had a situation in your life where you couldn't explain how and why it happened and you could go through your rational mind and think about all the possibilities of it happening and they're so slim and it's just the odds are like insurmountable that a certain situation unfolded the way it did that there's just no other way to explain it other than it was just meant to be or it was just this power beyond your imagination or completely out of your control that something extraordinary happened in your life and you just can't explain the reasons why it happened. So for me, my first experience with this uh, came professionally. So probably about seven, eight years ago, I was assigned to work as an investigator or detective in our department's investigative division. And it was definitely a passion of mine and I enjoyed and really wanted to be there because this was kind of like kind of my dream job. So being a new detective, obviously you want to do the best you can. Uh, I was super, super motivated to just to want to go out and solve as many cases as I could and just kind of prove that the decision to put me there was the right decision. So several years into uh, being a detective, I was off one day and during the day that I was off, we had a bank robbery um, at a bank in a strip mall off a major highway in our town. What happened was is the suspect drove into the bank parking lot, parked a distance from the actual entrance to the bank, walked in with a suit, hat, disguised, slipped the teller a note demanding money with like a indirect, you know, reference to if you don't, that someone's going to get hurt, winds up leaving, teller gives the suspect, uh, the bank robber the money, and he walks back out to his car and takes off. Now, this kind of like starts a domino effect. So now everybody's getting notified, people get involved, and people go to the scene to try to figure it out. We call out resources and, and so on and so forth. So immediately the suspect cannot be identified. And now as an investigator, you go out and try to piece together the pieces of this puzzle to try to figure out or develop some leads or get some information to find out who is responsible. So the day after this happens, I go back to work I hear about the case. Everybody is pretty much not in our headquarters because they're out involved looking and following up on this bank robbery. So I remember specifically getting my pad and pen and I was working with uh, my partner at the time that I was working with um, in the investigative division. I said, listen, I said, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to canvas the area. I'm going to look for surveillance. I'm probably duplicating things that some people have already done, but I want to go out there and see what leads I can generate. And never, I never forget what I was told, my partner said, well, good luck because you're not going to probably get anything out of it. So now super motivated to actually do something, I went out there and interviewed 
pretty much everybody that was in the area. I looked to see if there were cameras anywhere. I looked for any piece of evidence that I could find that could generate something to potentially identify who was responsible. And to make a long story short, I came up with some things uh, which I thought were were pretty good. And as I looked into it a little bit more, I just couldn't connect all the dots. And I think a lot of the other investigators and people and different agencies that were involved had the same difficulty. We just couldn't connect all the dots. We may have gotten some suspects that looked similar or wore something similar, uh, but just didn't maybe match uh, certain identifiers or didn't match the circumstances of some other cases. Because during this whole process, the same person pretty much went on a bank robbery spree and robbed several of the banks, not in our ca- not just our county that I worked in, but several other counties in the state. So the interesting thing about really kind of being an effective investigator, or just an investigator for that matter, but you have to have a lot of passion behind it, is this. A lot of these cases you work on, they kind of consume you. So it's, you're always thinking about what you can do. You're always thinking about the things that you can do. You're always thinking about the things you haven't done. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was consumed with wanting to figure out what else I could do to possibly identify who was responsible for this bank robbery, and in turn, other bank robberies. So I remember myself sitting at home and going through this like mental process, I'd call it. And basically all I could tell you is this, is that I visually created these images in my mind and these thoughts of me solving this case. I would actually see myself and feel and imagine how it would feel for me to be able to go through this process where I collected the information that was able to identify who it was and solve this bank robbery because I knew it was a big deal. I knew it could have been a, be a potential career case and I wanted it more than anything and it was just consumed me all the time. And I kind of felt like it was a little validation for me to just kind of prove to myself and maybe to others that, listen, I'm good at what I do. So the big difference here is this, is that you know, for some people, I think we can say like we try to go and truly visualize certain things. Like if we want to, you know, be in better shape, we can visualize ourselves looking fitter and more muscular and slimmer or running faster or longer or whatever. But I think the difference here is just it's more of not just a thought, but a combination of a thought and a feeling. So it's thinking that you can accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish, but also kind of thinking about the feelings that surround that accomplishment and what it feels like to do whatever it is that you really want to do. And in my case, it was solving this bank robbery. So to make a long story short, um, I worked on this case with a bunch of other different agencies for quite some time. And there was a, during this investigation, I actually wound up going on vacation. I uh, wound up going out to California. Um, I was visiting California from the East Coast And I was out there for like a week with my wife on vacation. Now, prior to me leaving, um, we had some leads in the case. Uh, A couple other detectives that were working the case actually wound up collecting some video surveillance from the bank parking lot and were able to identify a dark car, which turned out later to be based on some of the markings of the car and and doing some follow-up on it. turned out to be a Mitsubishi Galant. But what made the Mitsubishi very unique was it was missing a right rear hubcap. And it's interesting because when you're looking for something specific like that and you're out there trying to find it, you'd be surprised how many you find. You think it would be like, oh, this is kind of like so rare. How many Mitsubishi Galants that are this color or a certain color have a right missing hubcap, right? But when you're out there actually looking for it, you would be shocked 
to see how many there actually are. It completely blew my mind. But anyway, I wound up uh, having this information before I went on vacation. And then I remember spending a week or so out in California. And my wife and I came back. My father-in-law actually picked us up from the airport uh, in Newark, New Jersey. And we were uh, headed back to our house uh, in northwestern New Jersey, which is not too far. Probably like 30, 40 minutes um, northwest of, New Jer- of Newark Airport. So while we're coming back from the airport, I'm sitting in the passenger seat of my father-in-law's car. My wife is in the back and my father-in-law is driving. We're headed down this, uh, this interstate and we're just talking about our trip and so on and so forth. And I see up ahead probably, I don't know, 100 or so yards, a black, what appears to be a black Mitsubishi Galant. Now I'm on the passenger side and the vehicle that we're driving in is on the right side of this Mitsubishi that I see and it's missing a right rear hubcap. So at that moment, I looked at my father-in-law, and for whatever reason, because this case completely consumed me, and I've been visualizing me trying to solve and identify who this bank robber is, I pretty much deputized my father-in-law and said, listen, hit the gas. we got to go up there, and i got to try to get the license plate. So at this time, I'd been away for a week. I really wasn't sure if there was any leeway made on the case. I didn't hear that the case was solved. But for all I know, sometimes the way information goes, the case could have been solved. They could have identified a suspect. And maybe, you know, what we were doing as a department could have been done for all I knew. But anyway, I had him hit the gas. We sped up and I was able to copy down the license plate. So I came back a couple of days later to work with that license plate um, written down on a piece of paper. And I wound up, remember, going up to my dispatcher in our police department. And I was following up on this case and I had him run the license plate. And what happened was is that... uh, the information came back to someone that was significantly older than the suspect. I guess the suspect really kind of was more, I believe we determined anywhere from any 20 to maybe from probably early 20s to late 20s. So kind of armed with this information and using kind of my experience, I was able to identify or locate someone who met the description of the bank robber who was related to the registered owner of the car, it was actually the registered owner's son that fit description that looked very, very similar to this individual that robbed these banks. So once I had this information, shared it with a bunch of other detectives and a bunch of other people that were investigating this case, everything happened pretty quickly. And to kind of make an even longer story short, we were able to positively identify the bank robber through the car that I saw on my way back from vacation and ultimately arrest this guy and charge him with multiple bank robberies in both the county I worked and other counties throughout the state of New Jersey. You know, and afterwards, I actually thought of like the possibilities of like, what are the odds like something like this would actually unfold the way it unfolded? Like, what are the odds? Like, I could have at the airport, could have got tied up by someone, could have been on the phone, could have went to the bathroom, which could have delayed us traveling on the roadway and completely have missed that car going, you know, that was driving in front of us. A variety of circumstances or things could have happened that could have proved that pretty much could have, you know, changed the course of how things happened. That I would never would have been able to be in the same spot at the same time as that car and get that license plate that it would have identified this person. And this case had been going on for almost at least a month, I believe. The whole point of the story is this: is that through the process of visualization and me visualizing this thing happening. And me visualizing me going through and, and these images of me figuring this case out, it, it actually happened. And it may not have happened in the exact same way as I visualized, but it happened. And I kind of felt like I 
kept generating these thoughts that kept me moving in the right direction, that kept me in the right frame of mind, that kept me being aggressive and kept me being relentless as as trying to find out who was responsible that I think for whatever reason ultimately led to me being at the same place at the same time or the right place at the right time. And I can't explain it because those are the, it was just the circumstances. I still think about it and I just still can't understand it. And the only thing I could go back to is that is just fostering those positive thoughts and visualizing it happen had some type of crazy contribution to it actually happening. And just because I couldn't find an answer, I couldn't find an answer why. And it was just the circumstances just completely blew my mind. So the moral of the story is this, is that the visualization can be an absolute huge tool for you to achieve the goals and to do the things that you want to do in life. And it doesn't have to be one of those things that, well, if I think about me wanting to do whatever it is I'm going to accomplish, then it's going to happen. You know, just kind of like this bank robbery situation that, you know, I'm going to think these circumstances, I'm going to watch myself actually go through this process and it's going to just happen to me one day. It doesn't necessarily work like that, but I want to explain to you where it's a huge benefit. First and foremost, it gets you into the mindset of achievement. You're going to the mental gym, so to speak. Like you would go to the gym to work out your muscles. You're going really kind of this mental gym to work out your mind. And what you're doing is is that you're pumping your mind with these thoughts of you achieving what you want to achieve. Not just are you pumping your mind with these thoughts of these images of you being successful or achieving your goals or whatever it is, but you're also in tune with how it feels like to do those things. So if let's say hypothetically you were, your goal is to get promoted in where you're working or to advance where you're working, it's just visualizing you actually getting promoted or getting the job that you want or landing the deal that you want and actually kind of embracing what it feels like to achieve those goals and to feel how it's like to get those things that you really want. And kind of by conditioning your mind to start thinking positively, you'll be surprised of how much positive stuff will actually come your way. So achieving your goals are going to be just become a developed expectation this developed expectation that you've been working on, just like, hey, listen, every time I want, I come in contact with something, whether it's I want to run a five-minute mile, I want to land this huge deal at work, I want to write a book, or I want to teach a yoga class, whatever your goal is, by you visualizing you achieving these goals and thinking about how it feels to achieve these goals is going to facilitate making it happen. And again, the concept of visualization, at least in my own opinion, is not black and white, but it's a completely win-win situation. It's a win because the more you think about you achieving what you want to achieve and practicing these thought, this conscious thought or intentional thoughts and feelings of how it feels to get what you want to do, one, it's going to make you feel better. Two, it's going to motivate you and it's going to make you look forward to the process of getting there. And three, it's just going to condition your mind to think more positively, to think about your situations as reality or potentially being reality as opposed to being like a pipe dream. And the best thing about this whole thing is this, by attracting all this like positive energy to your thoughts and stuff like that, you'd be surprised the stuff that comes your way, right? Because if you believe you can, you will. 
If you think you can, you will. But just remember, if you think you can't, you won't. So I want to give you another example of kind of this whole concept of visualization, and it, it actually transfers perfectly to the whole world of sports. So I'm going to use Michael Jordan as an example, the basketball player for Chicago Bulls. Now, Michael Jordan, uh, my understanding is, and don't quote me on it, was like big on visualizing himself succeeding, sinking the winning shot, sinking the free throw. So just think about it this way. All right, so Michael Jordan's at the free throw line. It's game seven of the NBA Finals. They are one point down, and he's at the free throw line and is, is trying to attempt two free throw shots to put his team ahead one point going into the final seconds of game seven of the NBA Finals. The pressure's mounted. Michael Jordan has already visualized himself making these two shots. He's already, prior to even having this opportunity, visualized how it feels and what is going to happen when he makes these shots in this, in this moment. And yes, that's part of the whole mental preparation of him and what he does and his mentality. And that's why he was so damn good and so successful. But listen, the same concept of Michael Jordan standing at that free throw line, preparing himself to make those shots and subsequently making those shots could be the same thing that you could be using in your life. Instead of free throw shots, it could be something else. And when the situation presents itself because you visualized it, you're prepared. You're ready. And not just that, you know what it's like to accomplish whatever you need to accomplish. There's less thought put into, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle it? You've already went through it. You've already visualized you going through this process and what's going to happen. So maybe not only does it, does it apply to achieving goals, but also solving problems. Hey, I've visualized how I'm going to handle this. I've spent some time to think about like what I'm, decisions I'm going to have to make. So in case this happens, this is what we're going to do. We used to be trained that way in law enforcement because when you used to get called to calls for service, you never know what the hell was going to happen. And the time that the call came to you, to the time that you got to where you needed to get to, you played out a million scenarios in your head and visualized what you were going to do or not do depending on the circumstances when you got there. And it happens very quickly. And the, pro- and the thing too is, is that you become very proficient at it because that's all you do. And you do it multiple times every time you're there. And you can use this both professionally and personally. It's just getting in the habit of, of going through this visualization process of you achieving what you, it is that you want to achieve or you trying to solve a problem that you're looking to trying to solve. And it's creating these images and creating these feelings to put you a step ahead and to help you out and to have a plan and to have that tool in your tool belt to get you to succeed at whatever you're trying to succeed at. So after having my own professional experience with visualization and seeing how it panned out and actually started getting into the practice of intentionally trying to visualize me achieving those things I wanted to achieve and solving those problems I wanted to solve and just being prepared, like I'd like to call it mental preparation, I learned one damn thing that blew my mind. I learned that it wasn't necessarily achieving that goal that I wanted as far as in my case catching the bank robber or getting the promotion or landing the big deal or traveling to that place that I wanted to travel to that I never got an opportunity to do and me visualizing those things and hopefully just generating the energy and the thoughts that eventually got me there. It wasn't the actual accomplishment of those things, but it was the feeling 
of accomplishing those things. And that's really what it was all about. And it took me forever to figure this out. But if you really dig deep and think about it, it's, it has nothing to do with accomplishing those goals. But it has everything to do with the feeling that comes with accomplishing those goals. Like it's not like, hey, I want to get promoted to be the CEO of this company or that I want to make you know $100 million in revenue. It's the feeling that comes with being CEO of the company. It's the feeling that comes with having a million or $100 million of revenue, whatever it is. It's not the actual act of the promotion or the act of becoming CEO or the act of becoming physically fit. It's how you feel when you're there. It's the feeling that surrounds that accomplishment. And then I realized when you could find those same feelings in other parts of your life and not associate happiness with the accomplishment of specific goals, you will be guaranteed happier, you will be more successful, and completely, completely unstoppable. Thank you for being here for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're taking away something from it. All I have is some quick words for you. Share, subscribe, Instagram. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the White Tiger Podcast. If you have feedback or questions for future episodes, get in touch by visiting WTPodcast.com.